ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 45 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. <laughs> Man, it's been, um... yeah, how, how are you? <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like, uh, I don't really feel any, I guess I don't really feel any different this week than I did last week in a lot of ways. Um, the lockdown and, or I mean, not even really lockdown, but the pandemic, you know, rages on. Um, yeah. And I, you know, like a lot of people, I think last night, felt like there was some you know the 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 end of the like holdout maybe you know with the with Donald Trump supposedly signaling to the GSA go ahead and start the transition process release the funds not that I I, I don't understand how that is his call it's in the not. first place I mean I I know it's not technically but why he gets to put the person in place that then decides that well it's his administration um, but that's i don't think that the gsa either the gsa shouldn't have that responsibility or the gsa should not be part of the executive branch would be my or argument. people should follow the law well yes i mean if we were okay let's see and i didn't even put politics on the docket and here i am i'm the one that started us off on politics <laughs> so i know you had some thoughts uh how's the week been for you i mean how are you yes. doing friend uh let's talk about technology kind of about the same i've been obsessing with and we're i know we're going to talk about some technology stuff later on but trying to get my uh dev environment set up for mobile has been somewhat of a a learning process because I'm not a hardware guy. Yeah. Like I'm, I just choose not to be. Um, how does your wife feel about that? Uh, it all depends on how you look at that. <laughs> I mean, I'll buy a computer and that's about all I, you know, like, sorry, I, I was to... making like a hardware software yeah. joke. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I kind of, um, you, you got I, that. You were yeah. just going to ignore it and try to move on and be mature about it. Yeah. And I'm going yeah. to stop the entire podcast to point out, <laughs> I made a dick joke. I know. Like, hey, I everybody. Ding, 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 ding. You were successful, but it didn't land right. That's uh, what she so- said. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And we're back on. Anyway, so um, I actually had some memory failure on one of my computers, my Hackintosh. Ooh. Um, that was kind of unforeseen, but I had to order some memory last night because it, it wouldn't boot back up. And it was just kind of like, huh, man, that was weird. And then I started looking at the errors it was throwing. I'm like, oh, I must have a bad stick of RAM in there. Mm. And, um, but again, not a hardware guy because I just, it's just something where you can, I used to be like back in the day, but you just start hot riding computers and you spend like, crap ton of money so i just rather buy the computer i want the way i want it and move on okay. uh, that yeah. makes i mean that makes perfect sense yeah 
You know, I uh, I am not a hardware guy at all. Like, I'm I'm not even really a software guy, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I'm a malware guy, really. Like, that's... <laughs> no. Um, I... I'm with you in that, like, there was a point... Jeez. Okay. 15 years ago-ish, probably even longer, uh, where I started to kind of, like, get into the hardware side of things. I had my tower, and I was putting LED lights in it, and, you right. know, super water-cooled fans, and, you know, constantly, like, upgrading the RAM, and then upgrading my motherboard because it couldn't support the new RAM, and right. all of that stuff. Um but then when I got into laptops, I got it's just a lot less accessible, you know, like yeah. it's on my other one. I literally just had the screws off on the side panel, <laughs> you know, because I was constantly going in there and messing with stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, like once I started really switching to uh, laptops, I mean, and I guess it was really around the time well, it was before I started working at E-Area. But once work was supplying me with a laptop. In a machine, I started caring a lot less because it was like, well, whatever. Like, this is kind of my – it was usually kind of my do-everything machine anyways. Like, I'd usually right. do a little bit of personal stuff on there or have a personal profile for that thing. and Because um, it just – you know, laptops – the laptop that I had had just – like, the power port on it had fallen apart because it was one of those old, like, crappy 15-inch HPs that weighed, like, 30 pounds. Yeah. Ugh. I used to lug that thing to school every day. And then like, yeah. that's the thing I'm still mad at myself about is that I've had 15 inch laptops. I don't like 15 inch laptops. And I went and bought a 15 inch laptop when my new job was like, you get a laptop. And I'm like, I want a number pad. Like, Dude, you're doing sales. Like, what do you need a number pad for? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm still like, I, I feel like that was, I don't know. I I've bitched about that machine so much at this point that it's like just the bane of your existence. I just I hope that there aren't too many of my current coworkers that tune in and listen and are like, God, this guy just bitches about the brand new laptop <laughs> that we bought him. See, I would never. I mean, I don't. I I, I don't travel as much for work anymore, um, and I think that. Um, laptops for me are really about portability and i don't think a number pad on a laptop makes sense basically so i would never buy one in the intent of that replacing a, a workstation yeah um like i've gone full circle where i thought laptops were cool for a little bit because for you know just for portability but now i just see like i don't like that like i i want to shut work down because i write code and and my you know I'm looking at a screen probably a good majority of my day and I want to be able to, you know, segment my hardware to do things I wanted to do. Um, I I mean, I think that makes sense, you know, and and I, especially, yeah, in your, in your situation where the portability really means no escape. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because that was one of those things like, yeah, I went with a laptop because I, needed to take it when I travel, but I didn't need a 15 inch screen and I didn't need a number pad. I could have easily gone with a smaller, you know, 13 inch and been perfectly happy, had a computer that weighed less and probably had better specs and all that stuff. But 
Well, you probably get better specs from a 15 inch. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, you, yeah, it's, I guess it's got more room. Yeah. But. You're pro- but the only thing is like, do you really upgrade your laptop that much? Probably not. Probably once during your ownership of it, you may up- add more memory. If that, yeah. Yeah. So everything else is just kind of like hit or miss. And, you know, my, my use, like I can literally set up a computer, install a few uh, pieces of software and have a working computer because everything is so agnostic to the actual environment. You know, uh, I keep all of my files stored on a, you know, I use Nextcloud, so that's not really a big deal. Um, a lot of the things I use are, you know, for consumer grade stuff, like I use Google Docs a lot. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm noticing that this project or this particular leg of this thing I'm working on is super important. And as I said before, I'm, I'm learning a new environment or a new framework as the same time I'm building something I'm going to use. So it's like that adrenaline rush kind of kicks in and I have to make sure all the things are right and out of the way. So I don't have to worry about it, but you know, it is what it is. It's time for politics. Um, you know, I do feel like it's good to know that, um, you know, I've been hanging out on Twitter. Dude. Oh, really? Was that you? I, I know. I know, right? I'm so bored of Donald Trump. <laughs> it's like, like you can't even you can't even make this stuff up anymore, the, the lengths of what he's gone to. And it's not even really to secure a legacy. It's actually to, uh, you know, squeeze out more cash from people. Uh, there was some reporting that said that he feels very optimistic about his standing in the future because in his words, and I'm paraphrasing, 70 million people voted for him. So they're not even, it's not even a question of, is he doing the right thing? It's a question of, have I positioned myself to take more stuff from people? And he sees those 73 million people, however many people vote for him as something to uh, manipulate, which is, it tells you a lot about his character or lack thereof, but it's so evident, you know, uh, this whole leadership pack that he set up, it's a money grab. And it just blows my mind that people aren't paying attention to that. Well, know? I mean, yeah, like he, he looked at it and I think realized, oh, I don't even have to stay in office now in order to continue to bilk these idiots out of millions and millions of dollars, because I'll just run this super PAC. I will be the face of it without having to deal with the actual job of being in office. I can go on TV and on Twitter and shout all of my craziness from wherever and live off of that because the super PAC financing regulations are essentially non-existent. Yeah. Um, it's a money grab. And I now I don't think it's enough money to keep him out of the impending trouble that he is with uh, the Southern District of New York. And I'm grateful for that because I really, you know, I don't, I just want him out of the picture because I'm concerned about um, the fact that the political parties are going to be super splintered and 
before we know it, 2024 is going to be here. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in Georgia. I still, you know, like I wanted to talk about the polls because they were way off. Um, but I still feel there's an opportunity for the Democrats to control the Senate. Yeah. Um, now, if I base that on what the poll said, I would, I'm, I'd be pissed, but I think that what's happened in Georgia is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you've seen the, the massive turnout already amongst the absentee ballot requesters. Right. Um, you know, I mean, Stacey Abrams is still going strong, pushing hard. God bless her. You know, um, I mean, and it's I'm, that's really the thing that I think a lot of people, even the pollsters, right, like just grossly underestimated was the what was going to be the turnout of the quote unquote black vote. Right. You know, um, that that the work that Stacey Abrams and other people were doing in Georgia was actually going to pay off this go round. I mean, you think about it, though, like what she lost to Brian Kemp four years yeah. ago or two years ago by 1.4% of the vote. Like, and that's in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> like, the devil went down to Georgia. So goes yeah. the song, right? Um. <laughs> what, what blows my mind. And it's, um, there, there's been a couple of things I've been thinking about uh, just this past week when it, as, or as regards to politics, as I, look at uh just the the vote returns and look at some of the the instances of people like gathering around there are a lot of white people that are involved or they're kind of into change and not just white people your age or my age but they're older white people like we're talking you know their 70s and, and up where they're just like yeah, this is not our country. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but this is not it. And that's kind of, for me, hopeful that, and I don't know what the end of the of the story looks like, but I, I'm concerned about the fact that there's going to be a splintering and you're seeing it now with the Republican party, um, the, the Trump supporter versus the traditional. And I heard somebody say it best. Uh, the, uh, the, McCain Republican, which just blew my mind. And all this is stemming from one place. I, I watched over the weekend, some of the, uh, it's on CNN. Uh, they have this thing called first ladies and they, they go over the, uh, some of the heavy hitters as far as first ladies. And um, the two that kind actually watched Nancy Reagan. She's, you know, who she is. <laughs> um not a fan, not a disliker, but she is who she is. Um, then you have, I watched the one with Eleanor Roosevelt, beautiful lady, like just in the things she was able to do as the, the, the first lady to the longest serving president we've had in history. And uh, not, not, there were bumps in the road, sure. But I think for the most part, she, her heart was in the right place in her environment. And then I, but the first one I watched was Michelle Obama. And I haven't bought President Obama's memoirs yet, but God bless him for writing a good thing. And the thing that keeps, you know, that I wrestled with the whole time I was watching that was the entire 
term of his presidency and from his voice and from her voice, there was just this, it's like they peeled back the, the level of hatred and racism in this country. And even though I didn't vote for him, like I was just torn on that fact. Like I didn't vote for him because of like, I'm pretty stern in the fact that I don't care about your politics. I care about the policy and that's, <laughs> that's never changed. Because I was just going to say, you didn't vote for him because you didn't agree with his policies. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, obviously, like, it, you weren't like, I'm not going to vote for the black guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're my, you know, my quirks. But, you know, a McCain Republican, like, McCain is in the same vein as Colin Powell to me. Right. Understanding that my parents in the military, understanding that. Uh, think about it. Ronald Reagan won 49 states and that launched him to the presidency. Can you imagine that? Right. So there was a different type of Republican early on than what we have now. And those people not like McCain. And I, I would argue, I don't know where I feel Mitt Romney falls in this scale, but those, those people are few and far between. But I do think that there there should be an opposing voice in the political spectrum. I just don't think the Trump voice is the right voice to to be the opposing uh, voice. And I've really embraced my my theory that I'm a traditionalist. At the end of the day, I can boil my politics down to this. Does it help the country move forward? And does it bring enough people that are left behind ahead because i i think that it's a dangerous it's a dangerous tone when we start to attack people that support trump because we still never address why people support the guy right and, and that's the that's the that is a true fact and i you know i just i'm kind of anxious about what that looks like if, no i mean i think i think I think that's something that's been weighing on my mind too. You know, like we've talked about it before. What do you do with the 70 million people? Right. Right. And I think you sent me an op-ed article. I don't remember where it was or who it was that wrote it. That was talking about that exact same thing, right? Like, what do we do with these 70 million? And they talked about the groups, right? Breaking it down and saying, okay, yep. There's this chunk that is just straight up racist and <laughs> there's no real saving them. Like we just kind of have to, Write them off. Write them off. Um, but the other groups that are there, they're, you know, not even like redeemable or salvageable, but like, you know, like there is a, there is a bridge that can be built, I think right. is kind of the way to look at it. Right. Um, I read another one. I don't remember if it was one that you sent me or if I sent it to you where it was actually talking about how the democratic party is not as left leaning as everybody likes to believe and that they've actually, they're more right leaning than most people ever give them like quote unquote credit <laughs> for. But it was because of all of the, the, because of Reagan, right. you know, that they, I mean, you lose all but one state in a presidential election. You go, shit, we got to change course. Like we're going the wrong way here. Right. And I think it was a huge misstep, honestly, looking back on it right like such a massive overreaction and it, not to mention the fact that the democratic party is so incredibly unorganized and just 
stuck behind themselves, honest. Like they get in their own way more often than anything with this stuff. It's it's frustrating sometimes. It's like on one hand, you know, you almost admire the Republican Party's ability to just say, it doesn't matter what it is that we're arguing. If one of us says this, we're all just going to go with it, right? <laughs> and at the same time, you look at the Democratic Party and go, no, this is how it should be. There shouldn't be, you know, a coalition that agrees simply because we all ran for the, you know, because the same money is coming into our pockets. That's right. what it really boils down to, right? More than anything, it's not even an alignment of values or an alignment of policies. It's an alignment of money. I I don't disagree. I, I think that, um, you know, I, I like I've been softening up to AOC a lot. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's not to say that, you know, like, we should all go super hardcore socialist, communist, you know, like because I, I neither of us are on board with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not stuff. on board with that. <laughs> but, you know, it is one of those things where I think the op-ed was pointing out we've gotten to a point where things that aren't actually liberal or as liberal as people make them out to be are proposed as these like crazy left wing you know, dream pipe dreams. And it's like, no, there's a way to do this. You guys are just being kind of dicks about it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, and I, I think that where we find ourselves is in the middle again. And I don't think that everybody that voted for uh, president elect Biden is quote unquote, a progressive. Yeah. Those terms mean absolutely nothing to me. I think that if I were to strip away the, uh, all the extremes on both sides, I would say most people fall into a traditionalist point of view about government, where it shouldn't get in the way, it shouldn't hinder, but it should be the for the benefit of all. And, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm very anxious about what that looks like, you know, 2022, not so much worried about, but I think 2024, you have Rubio, Cruz, uh, Scott, all sitting in the wings wanting to run for president in 2024. What does that look like after Trump? And I don't, I really don't believe that Trump is going to uh, run in 2024. No, I, I think, mean, I don't think Donald will. I think, I mean, I could certainly see one of his kids, right? They will fail. I mean, I'm That's, not saying that they're going to, but I, I could see them running in the primary for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, like making a go of it and running off of the Trump name just like they've always done. Um, yeah. But. God bless them. <laughs> and I, again, I, I know like I, I'm over the whole, um, I'm over it, but I'm also anxious to see, you know, what are the next steps from here? And I'm not, you know, I don't have a, yeah, I've been on Twitter, but it's interesting. Like today, somebody said um, on Twitter that, Oh, the, I can't believe people are so ignorant. They don't understand that the election was stolen from Trump, blah, blah, blah. And there's also the, if you look in uh, the, in Florida, they had some fan, phantom candidates where $550,000 went to two quote unquote liberals, but they were registered Republicans. This whole scheme that Republicans in Florida have figured out to kind of degrade the, the vote for another party. And, it costs a couple of uh, congressional seats. Yeah. And so my response to that person was, you're right. If we, you know, everybody's so dishonest, but 
man, it'd be great if we just had only the honest people voting, right? And I linked to that article. So it's like, there's n- you can't avoid the indemnity of your actions on either party. Yeah. Like you, that, that game is, it's well far done. We just have to figure out one of the issues that we're, we're facing. And I, I, I strongly believe this. We are a country where unfortunately a vast majority support or a, a good amount of the population support white supremacy. You cannot, should not ever disavow the fact that there are 70 million and some change that are okay with the foundations of white supremacy in this country. Yep. They are willing to look the other way. And when I was watching this documentary about Michelle Obama, it blew my, it, I, I will not lie. I was emotional because I was getting angry because the words that keep echoing my head are, you know, my parents always telling me like, you, you love your country. And and it's just like the reality for me is that, you know, my country doesn't love me back. Like there are 70 plus million people. My parents served during Vietnam. You know, I come from a military family. I have family members to this day that serve this country proudly. And it's it's a duality of what we say on TV as a country and what we actually do within our own borders that I'm wrestling with. And I don't, I don't know, you know, and I, I know I haven't talked a lot about cause I, I don't, I don't know how to reconcile a lot of the things I feel right now. Basically I'm grateful that we have another opportunity to kind of take a few more steps in the right direction. I'm skeptical of, there's 70 million plus people that have lost their mind, <laughs> you know? So anyway, just something to think about, you know? Yeah. Uh, no. And I, you know, I think the one thing, and this is not to discount what you said, but maybe to try and shine, uh, put a slight positive spin on things, right? Yes. 70 million people said that white supremacy was either, you know, like, gave a thumbs up or turned a blind eye 79 million people said fuck that shit you're right that ain't cool and so i i know it's not like i it doesn't make it better right and i doesn't it doesn't erase the fact that those 70 million people did but at least you know like it is it it was one of those things that i kept having to kind of remind myself too is like at least we got enough people to recognize what the problem was and to say, no, I understand that it was, this was like a shitty freaking fight. Right. I mean, 15 rounds. This wasn't, this was before they changed it to 10, right? This was a 15 round knockdown drag out by the time we were done, man. I mean, we were just spent. And I think that's kind of where we are right now. Right. It's like that, that post fight euphoria, but also starting to feel all of those bruises and hits right. and, you know, the swelling, all the inflammation is <laughs> taking place. And so it's like, our, you know, we got to get in the ice tub, man. That's like good thing winter's coming. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you that the, ultimately we've got a chance to do some good, hopefully. Right. Um, you know, it's not. I'm not one of those people that says, cool, Biden's in. I'm checking out for the next four years, right? Like there's a lot of work to do. And even, you know, like 
even with Joe Biden and me being 80, 85% on board, like there's still part of me that has concerns. Right. And so I'm, I'm trying to watch closely without drowning myself in it. Right. You know, what kind of what's going on? Um, it's been hard. I think lately, especially with all of the post election hub issues, you know, like to not get sucked up into that and want to just kind of know like, is there any possible chance? You know, it's like, because <laughs> I know that's where both, like, both sides are, right? Like, on on the one side, you have people like, please tell me there's a chance. And on the other side, you're like, oh, for the love of God, tell me this is over. Like, <laughs> can we, can the clock just run out on this? You know, because yeah, I, I saw Randy Quaid wants a, a oh. an in-person ballot revote. <laughs> this guy, are you kidding me? I know. Like, I- I was Shitter's full, but I want a hand recount vote. Like I, I was talking to uh, one of my sons today, and um, it was, you know, I was telling him like, you know, uh, and I want to move on because yeah. I need another week to process. But um, I was saying like, you know what, I feel a way a certain way about Ice Cube and him giving his personal opinion. But I understand where he was coming from. I don't rock with Lil Wayne. I never really have. I gave him a pass just because he had some good rhymes and some good bars. But now I just don't rock with him, you know. But why do I feel different about Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z's given his opinion about certain things. Jay-Z's made moves on certain things. And then I it came to my mind. I'm like, yeah, but Jay-Z has always hustled. And that's kind of why I'm lenient with like where I may disagree with Ice Cube because he's always hustled. And it was, he may say different words or have different tactics about, you know, what happens with our community and our, as a whole, but for the most part, he's on the up and up. Right. And like, I've been wrestling with the fact of like, I don't, I don't care about freaking Dennis Quaid. Like, I don't know. Randy Quaid. A Randy Quaid. Yeah, I, I like well, not even Dennis. Yeah, I know. It's like the brother that like is really bad. The dude you know. that like yeah, that owes like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in back right. taxes, like hasn't worked since what Independence Day and like yeah. he's garbage. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of like Kevin Sorbo and Dean Kane. It's like I don't want uh, who's like, the guy from Silver Spoons? Ricky Schroeder, little Ricky. Yeah, little Ricky, man. And then he calls the cops because he felt threatened by all of the internet people telling him he could shove the silver spoon up his ass. (laughs) Yo, I was like, Ricky Schroeder? Come on, B. What are you doing, man? I I grew up watching that show. You know, and like, like, I'll put it, right? It would have been one thing if he just like slid some money on the side, right? Kept it it clean, right. But instead he's like, let me take my picture with this murderer. I mean, like, I'm sorry. The dude killed two people. Right. Like whatever comes out of the trial and stuff, the guy killed two people and he had absolutely no reason to be there. The hypocrisy, in my opinion, of these far right groups is this. You say you. You say and the ones I'm going to really probably just hone in on are the ones that say they support the Constitution. Where are you right now? Right. Yeah. At some (laughs) level. You got to reel that back in, Playboy. And that's why it, it just blows my mind. The hypocrisy from celebrities. And again, I feel some of them get, get a pass because I get it. Some of them, it's just like it's a grab. 
Yeah. And they just want somebody to notice. And that's how I felt about little Ricky Schroeder. That like, was, oh. yeah. Nobody's talked about me in years. Let me do this and watch me get my, and then I'll, now I'm going to, you know, because who's going to run to his aid, the right. Yeah. Everybody that's, that's, you know, in this, that is all caught up in this Trump got the election stolen from him are going to glom onto that and be like, look at little Ricky. He's our hero. He got Kyle Rittenhouse out of jail. Yeah. It's just, you know, what's sad about that. And this is true. The media at some level has kind of created a lot of this problem. I don't even know that it's at some level. I think, I think you're absolutely right that this, this has been a bit of a, I don't know. It's not really even a self-fulfilling prophecy, but yeah, like it's just, it's the snake eating itself. Yeah. Right. Like they, they found, I mean, I look, I, for me, the 24 hour news network, and I know that it started before this with CNN, but the, I mean, it was two things. It was the 2000 election and then it was September 11th. You know, like I stayed up for nights on end following September 11, just watching the news because I just I I mean, I was 17 at the time, right. like nothing like that had ever happened in my lifetime. And I'll tell you, I, I, I think, honestly, you're, you're not wrong. I agree with 100 percent what you're saying, but I think where the where it hit and where it started to coincide with how we view politics was the birther movement. Yeah, that was a that was I mean, and Fox they, News has played a huge way, role in all of that. You know, they gave way too much voice to conspiracy theories, and now we're in 2020, and they're trying to figure out well, how do we back that back up? <laughs> so, it was another. There's something else I was reading, and I don't remember where it was. But one of these days, I'll actually like, you know, write these things down or. Um, but it was talking about how, you know, all of like I guess the coastal America, if you if we want to call it that, right, went through the period of being very gullible to internet conspiracy theories and you know like kind of pranks and stuff like that, right? Right. And then we all kind of got this certain level of skepticism, where we're like, okay, I see it. But is this real? I'm going to double check this. <laughs> right. And that like rural America is in that part right now. You know, like how everything just takes longer to get out there. And so they're just now <laughs> getting on YouTube and going like, oh, my God, the world is the earth is flat and aliens are running <laughs> everything through this secret cabal of pedophiles that like, you know, and that give it another five ten years and they'll catch on and i'm like dude we don't have 10 years with this shit the stuff that they're eating up like that's the other problem is that the conspiracy theories have gone to another level on the internet you know like it's bananas i i don't i don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, yeah. it's the fact that people i know right it's the fact that people think facebook is more than what facebook is yeah they 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 have a, a They've let Facebook tell them Facebook is real and Facebook is not real. And that Facebook is the entire world. Yeah. Right. That when I live stream on Facebook, I'm not just speaking to the 10 friends that are there. I'm speaking to the entire world, you know, and and this stupid like 
I mean, and I, I get it because the of the instant access to the content and the way that it is able to spread, but like the, the things that go viral, this instant fame that we, you know, award to people, right? that somebody sees that and goes, that's what I want. It's not even about, do I believe what I'm saying, but I'm going to make a video about, you know, I don't know if you saw the crazy woman from New Jersey that was like driving her car talking about how she's driving to DC and they're going to, you know, tell the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who's coming with me? Who's coming? Like, I mean, yeah. Whenever I see those videos of people driving or they're in their, in their car, I'm like, yeah. you know, you think that's a thing, right? <laughs> she keeps like, she's like looking over here driving and keeps talking to the camera over here. And I'm like, why wouldn't you put the cam? But anyways, Aside from the the aesthetics, it's just like yo, you like well, the yeah, no, I know, but I'm just saying like if you're gonna look at something, you know, like yo, the PizzaGate dude, right? Yeah. Like money was like driving to DC, talk, leaving a message for his daughters. I'm like, are you kidding me, yo? Yep. Like literally. Anyway, I'm good. I, there's a lot of stuff I need to process it, but you know, um, it's a it's a slow release for me. It's kind of like, and I and I'm gonna end it with this. The last three years, and I can't believe 2020 is almost over, believe it or not. It's been a whirlwind. The last three years has been an emotional roller coaster to be black in America. And I'm just going to, you know, if you're listening and you're, and you're not black, I'm just going to tell you from this guy's point of view, straight up, it's been bananas. It makes no sense to me. Like all the things I've experienced, seen, and then if I was to say, since this dude got into office, it's accelerated the emotional uncertainty I've had of walking outside. Like, it was already bad before, but I could manage that. But the last four years, it's like, yo, I'm good. <laughs> Let me, like, the quarantine for me is kind of like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay in the crib anyway. You know, yep. it's not okay out there. Um, so just something that I'm trying to process. I appreciate you listening to me, Chris. I mean, these are things like I, I really get stuck on thinking about. It's like, yo, I appreciate where we are. I, I know we need next steps. It's no, it's no different than how I look in business. You can have a good day, but what's your plan long-term, right? If you just think that that one good day like takes away all the things you missed the mark on, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're going to have the same conversation probably tenfold in like three to six months. So I hope that this country understands what that looks like. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. Well, and speaking of business, you know, like I know most states are in the process of rolling back some of their initial reopening, you know, measures or putting in place new restrictions and or lockdowns. Um, and, you know, I'm I was kind of wondering or just, I guess, thinking like where where is the relief going to come from for the small business owners? Because I, you know, like I don't think we're going to get it from the federal level anytime real soon. So is it, we're going to have to, 
But I'm saying, like, I mean, so are states just not equipped then at all to be able to to provide that level of support? So, um, yes and no. It all, it all depends on which state you're talking about. I, so I let's think talk that, about North Carolina since that's where you and I are, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> you're going to go with, and we live in the richest county in the state, too. Mm-hmm. So let's let's be super elite. Let's just focus uh, on Cary. That's, that's <laughs> my house right here. How is my house going to be? No, I'm just. I, I think that the reality is, and what's interesting, we talked about this a few months ago. If we need to, quote unquote, shut down keep people's lights on yeah like we can figure that out we that's not like really hard as a country or a state to figure out um because you can't have one with the other other now where i'm glad you brought this up because i was thinking the other day as i'm as i'm watching um yeah, i was watching cnbc and they're talking about just the amount of businesses that are going to close and i know i'm hard right on really don't care you should have saved cash. And that's that probably attributes to 80% of the companies out there, small businesses, yep. small business also. I don't it, like you should have like understood this is going to be a problem like in the future. The extreme of in the level that it's a problem, nobody could have, could have anticipated that. Right. Um, and what threw me off as I'm trying to reconcile that in my head was the fact that the everything else connected to companies closing small and large is like insane we're talking this new term stop being so pc food insecurity right no people are broke they're poor they don't have food you can't don't soften the edges there let's just call it what it is so i think that the the amount of time that Congress and states have waited to do something that would actually short-term be painful and uncomfortable for the long-term like success of those places like that, they made some bad calls, like literally. Yeah. Cause and, there's no, I mean, you can't put, you can't go back and like, Oh, here's some money to reopen your business. You know, like that's the, yeah. in most cases, those ships have long since sunk, not even sailed. Like, yeah, and I was thinking, I, and when I made the original statement about that, I, I was anticipating as a traditionalist, like, you can't let all your people fail for the sake of inaction. And I didn't think that they would, but they did. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, and that was, you know, one of the, one of the more frustrating things was feeling like, it, I mean, and that's where it feels like a lot of the times, right? Is that it's all just political, um, like gamesmanship. You know, the fact that like uh, the people's lives depend on this money potentially, right? Or their businesses, right. which ultimately support their lives, and instead it's used as like a, a chess piece, you know, or to bargain, or bargaining piece. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just that's the stuff that I just that that drives me absolutely insane. And there's no there's no excuse for it. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's two things. I don't know the solve for this, but I do know that the government's going to have to step in because even though they talk about uh, unemployment claims decreasing, it doesn't. Well, yeah, you're going to run out of people that are getting fired at some point, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> to some so, degree. So, 
all all the math and i'm gonna just be like a jerk all the maths don't add up like you can't you can't say well we grew six million jobs but there's still 17 million people unemployed we you know um the the dow's going to close at 30,000. I don't know what's going to close because I don't really care. Right. Actually, I do, but I just don't know the number off the top of my head. But the reality is like, it doesn't really matter because you don't have a, uh, your marketplace is shrinking. Like those are, those are facts. Well, market- I mean, because people don't keep their checking accounts in the stock market. Right. You know, like, <laughs> 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 I mean, that's my 401k. That's a Roth IRA. That's my retirement investment somewhere right. that if I try to take it out, I'm paying massive penalties on it. Right. So great. The Dow is up. Sure. My 401k is looking okay. Right. It's it, not as losing long as money. You fund it yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's the trick of it. And I, and I think even the 401k argument is getting stupider and stupid. And that's not a word, but it's getting stupider and stupider Stupid because the reality. <laughs> okay. Well, it is now. Uh, is it? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Because when you think about it, most people get a 401k through their employer. Yeah. Most people don't have a personally funded 401k. Right. Right. Exactly. So at best, right, you're sitting there now not putting anything into your 401k and possibly having to withdraw and pay penalties on it in order to survive, which means that when you maybe start your job up again in three, five years, right? Right. Optimistically, now you get to start saving for retirement again. I, I, I don't think that, um, and I'm not an economist. I'm a small business person, right? And I spent some time consulting to other small business owners. And what I know about the market is through trial and error and study. And I don't know commodities. There are some things about the market. I don't short things. I think that's crazy. The only thing I know about commodities is what I learned from trading places. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I've watched that movie like 20 times and I still don't get it. Like <laughs> the frozen concentrated know. orange juice futures. <laughs> like, oh, that was, yeah, sorry. That's not my wheelhouse. I understand stocks. I understand balance sheets. I understand like, like very, very, very structured, like things in businesses that don't change. Tangible but things. More tangible. Yeah. Yeah. But what I don't understand, what I, what I do think is that when you think about the fact that depending on which you're, you know, which where you're looking at 60 to 70% of all Americans work for small businesses, period end of story. And we're watching the implosion of those people and their dollars actually fuel the economy at scale period. Like when I get paid, I'm going to a grocery store. When I get paid, I'm going to, I may buy a large, you know, I may spend more than $500 on what's considered a a major purchase. Mm -hmm. When you start to eliminate my ability to make those decisions, whether to be, whether to buy gas, groceries, or, you know, the occasional big purchase, well, there you have it. You know, like you don't have, I'm not buying gasoline and most people fund their DOTs based off of, the gas gasoline tax. tax. Yep. Um, I'm not spending money in markets. So that means that the sales tax is going to cripple that county or the municipality. And like we live in a municipality where most, actually most of the cities in Wake County don't charge on top of the already state tax. Right. Um, 
so there's things where you start to, you decap, you actually kneecap the economy itself, where you start to lose um, the funded programs, whether it be trash pickup, schools. You, you, there are actually a large number of teachers that have been laid off. Uh, most hospitals are privatized now. Guess who's getting laid off, unfortunately? They got laid off a few months ago or furloughed, and now they're in the, a, a crappy situation because now you don't have the extra nurses or doctors that can go to, I don't know, North Dakota, Minnesota, right. places with high you know, COVID outbreaks. So at some level, the state and the federal government have to chip in and say, this is not sustainable. We probably, rough estimation, we probably literally have three to four months of running on fumes before we see a uh, and before we see another like 0809 experience in this country again in my opinion we have 3 to 4 months and i know that unemployment uh, benefits run out for a majority of americans uh, december 31 um and for us you and i and people that live in our county yeah. most of us like we are the fortunate right and we're not you know collectively saying enough to say yo, our boat's got 42 holes in it and we haven't plugged one. But eventually, three to four months out, I'm predicting, and I know that that does encompass the uh, inauguration, but Congress is dragging their heels for what reason? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't understand either what it is that they're waiting for. Like, you know, if whether or not, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, the truth is, like, they ought to be doing something, but you know, um, I wanted to double back on something that you mentioned because I guess I never really thought about it in this way before, but because of the way that we were framing the conversation, you said, that, you know, 60% of people in America roughly work for small businesses, right? right? Most of those small businesses aren't traded on, you know, the stock exchange or in any sort of fund. A lot of those small businesses, though, find ways to offer 401k programs, which then invest in these large businesses. So even though you have people who aren't employees of these large businesses or may not even be customers of these large businesses, they are indirectly supporting the large corporations through their 401k contributions. That is correct. That's some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The 401k is probably one of the the worst tools for Americans. Like I, I firmly believe that. And the reason I believe that is because you you think about most industries, the average um, term that an employee works for a company is two, three years now. People change jobs like they change shirts. Yeah. Well, that also, in my opinion, actually, you know, just illustrates the fact that you're always constantly hired. So this is, or this goes, here's the rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> if my average employee works two to three years, yeah, I don't have to pay them a lot, period. It, that is now counterproductive to unions. That's now counterproductive to a minimum wage. And I hear those arguments all the time, but it's like, but do you understand, like we, we haven't fixed one thing. Benefits in and of themselves are one thing in the last 
11 years that have been more like important when people decide to work someplace than the actual salary, healthcare, uh, retirement, blah, blah, blah. The 401k is, is part of the problem there. Like when companies like your dad can probably tell, you know, speak more of this, but you work for, you know, Ford or GM for 20 years, you get a pension. Yeah. I mean, my, his dad worked for federal mogul for 40 years or something like that. You know, like that was basically the only job he ever had. Um, and yeah, I mean, had a pension and all that stuff. Like that's, that's how it worked, right? You worked somewhere for 40 years and then you retired and you took your pension and you went and played golf or went fishing and did whatever it was that you wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. You did, you did your part. You contributed to the country, the company, the company took care of you after the fact. Yep. One of the biggest symptoms of company, like the the lack of growth in most companies is their constant turnover of employees. And I've never understood why companies don't, number one, address, let's address benefits. If benefits are going to be the differentiator, let's address that. And if I can attract, just kind of like I was telling you, like uh, Jackson, another one to the list, Jackson County. Some other counties, they're all doing these advertisements for come visit our city, you know, Chapel Hill, Hillsboro. I mean, it's that's high Chapel Hill. Well, you you should. It's a great place. (laughs) If you address the actual concern, if you understand what actually keeps the lights on, you're not having the same conversations, right? You're just not because, you know, people are people are committed to you, let's say, as a customer. There are places I go to routinely because I, I believe in their mission. I believe in what they're doing. I paid my gym membership for seven months while my gym was closed. Yeah. <laughs> so like I never once called them and said, Hey, cancel my membership. No, like I'm a, lo- I'm committed to that company. My guess what? My gym is open back up yeah. and I'm okay. Like I don't, like I want to support that. And that's this, if you expand that into the rest of the marketplace, you solve the freaking problem. Well, if you, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying the issues aren't that complicated. It's just that we're not looking at the right things. See, and I wonder, um, I feel like to some degree, right. Well, what we kind of find ourselves in is the, this is what happens now that we've let our, or now that the economy has become so intertwined at a, you know, on a, a national level and then on a, on a global scale where we're dependent on imports and exports and all this other stuff going on in the midst of a pandemic that doesn't always allow for that. And what you, what some of us, right? Not even some of us, what ends up happening in some cases is, in the middle of a pandemic, when people can't go out and go shopping at their local stores, they go to Amazon, right? They go to walmart.com and they're having stuff delivered to them. So what they're not really doing is in that sense, even going into the physical store and investing in their local economy that way, where a body in a store says, I need X number of employees, right? To handle the number of customers that you're going to have during a given time period. And is it, I mean, is it, would it be beneficial for, and it's not, you know, to like this idea of close off the borders, don't, don't bring anything in, but 
trying to get back to you know more localized economies more super beneficial okay like you'd never even feel the difference um for example i went to a food lion the other day and they actually here a couple things i learned there one they have just egg which is awesome two they don't have any like the food line in my town apex doesn't have um the self-checkout Mm-hmm. which i found interesting i don't know if they have it in carry uh um, the one closest to me does not okay and it made me think of something like there is a there is a fundamental thing in business like when doesn't matter what you're selling you have to cater to your environment you have to have the resources available to support the people that are buying your service or good if you do that they like it they're going to come back I committed, like, once I got back to my car, I'm like, I like that experience. I, I like the fact there was a human being to interact with when I went into the grocery store and blah, 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 blah. It, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why a lot of politicians have run on infrastructure. Infrastructure has been an ongoing conversation. Manufacturing has been an ongoing conversation in this country's political life and history. For at least 16 years, and nobody's addressed it. We we got really close in 08 and 09. But yes, now will we pay a little bit more for that? Sure, I'll pay an extra dollar for you know whatever it may be, whatever good or service I'm buying. But I know it it fuels the economy, and people don't have that perspective anymore. It's all about how cheap can we get it, you know. Well, and I think you also end up in this stupid group think where it's like, well, if my neighbors aren't doing it, then why should I bother? Right. Like nobody it's like my vote doesn't count. My vote doesn't matter. It's all this like it's it's all that same mentality in a lot of ways where it's like, well, I'm just going to you know, I don't have to be part of the solution if everybody else is. I can be the lazy one that's just taking advantage and kind of like riding along and not having to deal with any of the, the actual like consequences. And it's right. I just want to be like, dude, fuck you. Like, come on, we're all fucking pulling our weight here. And you're the one picking up your feet, having us carry your ass. Like <laughs> it's a, it's like, I think every, there are a couple classes I think they should introduce into high school. Reintroduce civics. Number one. Well, real civics, not this yeah. Elpsa crap <laughs> that I had to take, which was literally what it means to be an American. Yeah. Reintroduce civics, like actual civics, understand how the political system works. Number two, economics. Number three, I know that some some schools in Wake County are introducing like personal finance, which I think is great. Yes. Uh, but economics in general, because if people aren't educated on what actually makes the system turn and, and, and move, they can't decide that I'm willing to pay 75 cents more at an independent grocer as opposed to a national chain. Now, granted, the Southeast doesn't have a lot of national chains as far as grocery. Actually, Kroger, Harris Teeter. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's about it. Everything else is regional. Whole Foods. Whole, yeah, Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, do I support Fresh Market, which is a literally a local um, uh, grocer that offers similar, not the same, inventory and quality as Whole Foods does? Sure, I would. Uh, Wegmans is is becoming, they're trying to move towards a national uh, marketplace, but they are, 
you know, would I go to Wegmans before I went to Whole Foods? I don't know. Probably not. You know, those are things, those are conscious decisions because I understand kind of how the economy works. You know, if I keep feeding money into, do I go to the, the, the grocer that's a Walmart or do I go to food line? I know food lines are regional, uh, like marketplace for me. Well, and I think to your point earlier, right? You walk into food line and you see four people working registers, right? Right. Plus baggers, plus the other people that are out stocking. You walk into Walmart, you see one person that's walking back and forth amongst the 50 self-checkout lines. And then everybody, you know, the few other employees that are scattered amongst the store. And so ultimately, you're probably doing a lot more to provide jobs and opportunities by supporting a place like food lion or even, I mean, you know, like Harris Teeter, right. I think they do a pretty decent job. Um, I, I use their self checkout, but it all just depends. You know, like I, I like their self checkout when it's the three things that I need to run in and grab. Um, but you know, there are also times where I'm just like, I just want somebody else to do this. Like, and, or, you know, you kind of want to have that, like that little bit of social interaction almost, you know, or, right. you know, I've got beer, you know, and I don't want to be that guy that's like, Hey, can you come check my ID? Cause I decided the self-checkout was okay. Even though I've got alcohol. But sometimes you don't even have an option. I know in Walmart, there's right. never anybody man in a register. Exactly. I- it's like, I know there's nobody here. That does yeah. frustrate the shit out of me, though, at the Harris Teeter right up here, because they literally have like 15 registers and they never have more than two of them open, right. maybe three. And then the six self-checkouts that are down at the other end. And I'm like, why Why would you have all of these, like even on a Sunday or a Saturday, right? I have never once seen all of them open. It doesn't make sense. Why would you have more lanes than you would ever have open at the same time? That's It's, it's perception. I don't like, like it. <laughs> like those, those, uh, and it's like a, a marketing thing, you yeah. know? No, I mean that, that right. There's a big store, very, you know, Oh wow. I'm, I must be here at a good time because all of the lanes aren't open and thank goodness there's only one lane and 15 people standing in it. And you'll notice that they only have certain ones manned. You'll right. notice that the end caps on certain registers have the, the add-ons. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever, oh, I hate that trying to find something, and I'm like walking down each one and like looking in, you know, like is this you, one have what I'm looking for? No. Yeah, they only staff those the ones with the add-ons to to increase your your uh, ticket. Yeah. So those are all. I mean, those are all economic decisions that companies make to increase the the money at the bottom line. Uh, increase top line, you're going to increase bottom line. So those are. But if you just offered really good products and like good service. Wouldn't that be enough? That like no. I feel like we're we're at a point where it's like, well, I have to squeeze every last penny out of every person that comes in this door, and it turns into this, you know, you're buying shit that you don't need, right? We're supporting industries that shouldn't even exist. Tabloids, really? Like, who the fuck <laughs> needs that shit? I'm sorry. The stupid horoscope books, the days of our lives, like nobody needs that stuff. Yeah, but the the thing you have to remember is that our our level of desire for convenience and distraction is if you, if you started to write down what you felt was the emotion they're trying to get from you at an end cap or register, you would probably say desire, distraction. Intrigue. Those- yeah. I mean like, yeah, I, I, and I like, 
I do get it because I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm reading some of the headlines. I've never once bought one of those because the, everything that you want to know is literally on the cover. There's no additional information on the inside except wild speculation. <laughs> that's, but you get, I mean, you're the marketer. Like I'm no, just saying. No, I know. But, and that's where I think I get frustrated sometimes, right? As I feel like as a marketer, there is, I mean, it's, I, like there should be a Hippocratic oath of marketers. <laughs> to do no harm. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I'm not joking here. Like, uh, there we have reached a point where it's like we're perfectly fine with the overly deceptive marketing. I mean, the freaking uh, medical commercials. You know, hey, do you once every six years have a mild flare-up of this seriously not serious problem? Take this pill. By the way, it might kill you. It might give you anal bleeding. It might give you anal fissures. It might, might cause your feet to fall off. It might, like, you know, and I, that's an extreme, but I'm just saying, like... Uh, it's actually not. Like, every commercial tells Feels like that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Everything out there. And... Fear sells. It does. And I hate that. That's where, again, like I just, you know, that we were talking about the news media having, having kind of created or helped to create this situation that we find ourselves in. And it's because they said, oh, wow, when people are really scared and there's something scary going on, we plaster all over news. They'll tune in 24 hours a day. You know who wants to pay for that? Advertisers. So now all we have to do is treat everything like it's the biggest news story that's ever happened. Right. I mean, what have we done for the last four years? Now, granted, that shit never should have happened, right? Yeah, like, like <laughs> a lot of that was some of this, but but that's the problem is that we were so numb to it. I think some of us, not all of us, right? Like, I mean, you and I were sitting here paying attention, but a lot of people had become so accustomed to it that it was just like, oh, it's just more of the same thing every day, every day, every right. day, and we lose our ability to to read through it, to see through the deception, to see through the marketing. And I, that's where I like, again, I think having been on the other side of the curtain, I'd like to think that ultimately I did have a shred of decency in my marketing efforts, you know, like I'm sure that there were some times that I, I did things I shouldn't have. Right. And sometimes it's a mistake. I mean, I remember specifically that email, what the was that? email. Yeah. So what there was, was it was a the was it the uh, recommended reading email, and yeah. it was there was a webinar that I put in there, but it said download, and people clicked the download link, and what it did was it automatically registered them for a webinar, and we got blasted. This is deceptive marketing. This is bait and switch. I thought I was doing this, and now I'm automatically registered. We had to send a follow up email. That follow up email had a bad link in it. We had to send another follow up email, like. <laughs> Oh my goodness! One of the worst days of my marketing career at E Area. But I mean, shit. Like we call, we admitted the problem. Like we were like, "Yo, our bad. We're really sorry. We won't do it again. It was an honest mistake. We appreciate you pointing it out. And yeah, that's a crappy thing to do, right? Right. And then this time you, went yeah. on though. You right? did a couple. You did the what was the other email? It was like uh, almost a forty percent open rate. Oh, okay. So the survey. No, it wasn't the survey. It was the. It was that we're gonna remove you from our email list, <laughs> and we were supposed to send it to everybody that hadn't opened an email in the last six months, and a certain executive who liked to mess around with 
queries and lists and databases and stuff was like, I got this. You need that list. Here you go. It's in this little thing over here. Send it to this segment. All right, cool. Blast. What do you mean you're not? I open every email. I like. I just got an email yesterday and opened it and clicked on it. What do you mean you're going to take me off the list? Don't take me off the list. Yeah, we had like a seventy percent open rate, and then yeah, we, sent, in- we sent a follow up email apologizing, and I think it was like it was titled "Oops, I'm sorry" or some yep, crap like that. <laughs> something like that. And then uh, it had a link to like software fails, like top software fails article, and it it was one of the most popular emails, and it drove a shit ton of traffic to the site. And the problem was. One of the other executives at the company looked at that and said, well, we should do that more often. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That's where I'm saying this shit with like the Hippocratic Oath of Marketers is a legit thing that like, I mean, deceptive marketing practices. Here's my Hippocratic Oath. If you keep screwing up, I hope you fail. Yeah. I mean, and I I do like I get that, you know, ultimately in in a in a perfect scenario, right? People catch on. But Chris, business is natural selection. I don't believe in evolution, but I believe that natural selection does exist in the world of business. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm going to leave part of it alone for now. (laughs) (laughs) But you know I'm right. Uh, When it comes to business? Yeah. I'm not talking about life in general. Right, 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 right. They, yeah, I mean, yes, I understand that, okay, to an extent. Sure. Right? A vast majority. Yes. 90%, You're, right? You only have so many lifelines. Agreed. You can, only, you can only reinvent yourself so many times. Until, but then I think we also see so either, it's, it's not, maybe it's not even like individual companies, but industries or, or whatever. I mean, you look at like the banking industry. Like all the shit that Wells Fargo had with all their deceptive, you know, loan practices and everything that goes on. And they just keep, no, we're still here, yeah, right? But it's, it's actually, it's catching up to them. Like it, 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 okay, it yes, you're right, because more people are moving to like state uh, credit unions and that sort of thing and moving out of big banks and going to smaller banks. And maybe it's just that, like, you know, natural selection elsewhere, potentially, it takes time, right? Yeah. It, it takes a long time or more time and I just want it to happen now because yeah, it's not reality. I yeah. want to see heads roll. <laughs> it's, no, I just, I, 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 I and that's the thing that scares me sometimes though. Honestly, but, is that like, I felt like for a while there, we were at that point where it was like <laughs> French revolution. Like we're going to start storming rich people's places and just like, I mean, there was they had some, somebody had like guillotines out at some you know rally or something like that. Yeah, it's but just like there, there's a there's a limit to crazy. It's time for politics. Wait again? There 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 is some things like, and I I'm super. I'm. Do you say that? And look who's been president for the last four years. There's a limit to crazy. Well, I I also understand the the daily impact he has on me is minimal. Yeah. I, it, I, I mean, you're right. And I, I've looked back over the, the last four years and, and realize, you know, that ultimately aside from all of the stress that I kind of put myself through, I guess, but I, I ultimately I do feel somewhat, maybe it's not even justified is the right word. I don't have another word for it. 
I've vindicated might even be better <laughs> in that. Look at what the asshole has been doing for the last right. month. Right. Like all he has done is sat there and said, fuck your system. Fuck everything that you have worked for the last 200 plus years to build. I didn't get what I want and I'm going to throw a fucking tantrum about it. And that's where I just, I look at it and I go, this is what we were afraid of. This is what we fucking told you was going to happen. If you put this asshole in office, you know, and it's like, I still go back to 2016. Sorry, I'm getting really angry for a second, but I go back to 2016. And I look and I say, I understand people who sat there and said, I'm voting for Trump for X, you know, I, whatever 2020, I don't get it. I don't get how you looked at those four years, how you looked at his behavior and thought, I mean, or you look at what he's doing now and still sit there and blindly support this freaking narcissistic sociopath. Because the hardest thing that we have to endure right now is to let him talk and be himself. That is still like, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you you can only... You, once all the excitement burns away, and it will, the people that were on that or in in that air that way of thinking that they could defend and justify and you know overanalyze and come up with conspiracies of the why twos or how nots, they're gonna actually at some level, a good majority of them are gonna say, Yeah, that was wrong. Like that's that's the reality. The hardest thing we have to do. Because we can't look back in history and ever say, you know what? I think Hitler had some good points. Right. We can't. Like, that's exactly. never going to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's exactly it. I think we talked about it last, last time. All of the good that may have occurred or come out of even the last four years are completely obliterated by the ugly just everything else everything else because everything else we don't have enough time to to no. list or discuss all the fails no it'd be like one of those uh, medical commercials at the end <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> voting trump may cause <laughs> cause diarrhea like, yeah, yeah. of the mouth <laughs> <laughs> i mean so it's just like the hardest thing we have to endure for right now is here's one thing I, I was thinking about earlier and I've been thinking about this a couple of days. I don't know. Actually I do. I believe in Joe Biden's heart and what motivates him is the right thing to do. And I do 